When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. some intangibles that those projections failed to take into consideration. The crowd was going crazy. There's not much in life that's better than that. You're listening to Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys with Mark Willard and Joe Shasky on the 95.7 The Game Podcast Network. Okay, what's going on? It's the next episode of Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys. After the Giants take two out of three from the Royals, finish off a 6-3 and three homestand. Uh, everybody knew the Rockies and Royals would be tough, but luckily those easy Dodgers were in between, and so they were able to make it a, uh, a good homestand, I guess. Uh, that is not the way we would have seen it going, but that's how it went. So a solid homestand, and sort of tucked underneath, uh, Joe, uh, was the 1500th game for Brandon Crawford in a San Francisco Giants uniform. Only four players have played more games than Brandon, and he's going to catch the fourth in his very next game. That's Jim Davenport, who's fourth on the list. The top three go by the name of Bonds, McCovey, and Mays. Not in that order, but anyway, those are those are the four. And so, man, it got me thinking about Brandon Crawford. 1,500 games, multiple championships, has held down the shortstop position for over a decade. And, and, and you start to think, and I know he's understated guy. He's quiet, but, like, why is he not kind of higher on the list, if you will, of current beloved Bay Area athletes? It's a great question. I mean, because when you look at him, you don't think understated. Sometimes he's got the socks high. Sometimes he's got the baggy pants. He's always got the greasy hair flowing out. He's got the unbutton at the top. His play, like how he plays shortstop, is flamboyant. For a guy who isn't the greatest athlete in the world, he's just so underrated across the board. And I do think that at times... Because of how he plays and goes about his business, I do believe that he's dramatically underrated in terms of like his impact on winning over the last decade, but just his spot in this franchise over the long haul. Like he he's extremely underrated. In terms of shortstop play, I thought Omar Vizquel was the highest level of defensive shortstop I would see. Old man Omar Vizquel with the Giants. I thought that was the best. And he was supplanted by Crawford many years ago for me. Like, Crawford is that dude. I don't think it's a question. Strongest arm, most range, incredible plays. He's just a stud. But for some reason, it doesn't. he doesn't give you the sound bites, I don't think. And well, so- yeah, sound bites, I mean, as recently as 12 months ago, we thought his time as a giant, his days were numbered. Yeah, everybody seemed comfortable with that. Yeah, Everybody yeah. was like Correa, Seager, yeah. come on, Baez. What are they going to do at shortstop? And the next thing you know is he responds with a season where he was in the MVP race, and so um, he's been attached to that. He's been attached to multiple championships. He is probably, as you just said, one of the best defensive shortstops of his generation mm-hmm. um he runs the music in the clubhouse <laughs> yes. right? i mean yes he's got all this stuff going on but i feel like 
I mean, how many names do I need to say before I would get to Brandon in terms of the most talked about or beloved current Bay Area athletes? I mean, the Warriors are doing what they're doing right now. And obviously, the big three there um, are, are ahead of him. They, yes. and, and deservedly, I mean, they've, they've got the three rings mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know, they're different. They're basketball players and they don't wear a hat. You, you know, know what I mean? There's a big thing there. You get to see their full body and the way the NBA presents it. It's stars, Steph, Clay, Dre, you know what I mean? They're out front. Well, and, and they're iconic, you know, Steph yes. is iconic, Absolutely. but I mean, Brandon was part of a, what I think a lot of people called a dynasty as well. It's a little mm -hmm. different in baseball. But even take it over to the 49ers. I mean, and I know that's the NFL. That's the big beast. Sure. But, I mean, the sheer excitement around Trey Lance, um, Debo Samuel, Kittle. George Kittle, maybe even a Fred Warner and a Nick Bosa. Yeah. These guys are talked about and thought about more than Brandon Crawford. Well, think about just baseball, that team, like this era of Giants, like just go down. Most people would start players, Posey, right? I think, you know, Who's Mad Bum, what? Who's number two? Mad Bummer Timmy. I think it's right. one of those two. And then who I think is third, even before Matt came, Pence. I think a lot of people associate that Giants era with Pence, and, and he got traded for halfway through the 2012 season, right? So, I mean, am I wrong there? Is it? No, no, I Pablo don't think might so. even have I mean, higher Q. Right. Those guys, you know, Pablo had hats in the yeah. stands. Pence has a speech. Maybe it's that like outside of the grand slam in Pittsburgh is yes. the first thing everyone thinks of. If you yeah. said, okay, what is Brandon's moment? What is his moment? Mm -hmm. and, and that was obviously a very, very big yeah. moment. You know, um, it spurred things on to, uh, to a title and, and, uh, and, and, and that's a huge deal, but there's a, there's a secondary aspect of Brandon Crawford as a, uh, a a homegrown player who has never worn another uniform, and, mm -hmm. and I doubt will. I, no. You know, I, I, after Shouldn't. next year, we'll see. But it's not all that. He's also from here. I know. He's the little kid I with know. the newspaper behind I the know. dugout. That is so special. Like, what if Steph had I been know. from Danville? You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. Like, what, if, what, if, what if Kittle had been from from Santa Clara. I, I mean, like what, this is that. And, and so to go from the kid with the newspaper behind the dugout to then be drafted by the team, then be on the team, mm. then hold down maybe the most or second most important defensive position absolutely on the entire field outside of catcher, I'd say, but like hold down that position for a decade, have rings, uh, always be great defensively and 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 consistently got better offensively to the point where he was really in an MVP discussion last year. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's it it, it, like I, I don't know any other way to say it. I guess it's his personality. He's so quiet. But to your point, visually, he's not. Yeah, he, he, he deserves more. Well, if you were to like pull this is, for example, pull Red Sox fans. You would think Dustin Pedroia was 10 times the player in his career that Brandon Crawford was. When I bet if we looked at the baseball cards, oh, Pedroia God. was awesome for multiple years. Crawford's been better longer. You know what I mean? Like, that's just that's the reality. No more Garcia Parra is another name that kind of comes to mind. Like, Crawford's been better longer. Like, that, that's I have no problem saying that out loud. I do think he gets lost in the shuffle on this team. I kind of think he he's okay with that. As a guy who seems like a 
I don't know him, but he seems like a grounded family man who truly appreciates putting on that SF Giants jersey. I, I think he kind of likes flying under the radar. Well, I think he's going to be the classic. You're going to miss him when he's gone. 100%. Player. Um, and for multiple reasons, not only because you will absolutely notice when somebody else has to go in there and play shortstop for your team and somebody else going to have to be the DJ too. Um, you know what I mean? Someone else going to have to work on those walk-up songs when someone's got the wrong one. Like he was always there to tell them. Yep. That's the wrong walk-up song, man. Uh, so there's that, but there's the other side of it. You and I have been talking so much lately about homegrown, mm -hmm. farm-grown mm -hmm. players for the Giants. Farhan came on here and talked about that being the bedrock of building a franchise, building what the Dodgers built. You need those homegrown players. And, and I don't think we really – I don't know that – maybe we did, but when this was all going well, 10, 12, 14, like those guys you all just mentioned, they're all Giants farmhands, you know, Posey and Mad Bum and Timmy and Matt and 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 Crawford. Uh, let's mention Belt. You know, Penske is, is like the adopted son, the way Wiggins is yes. for the, the yes. Warriors now. Good call. Um, but – if the Brandons are about to be gone and Buster already is, there's Logan Webb and then a bunch of open space in I terms know. of who's going to step in and, and be that next guy. And the first crack at it was Joey Bart. And the second crack was Elliot Ramos. And neither one of them are off to a very good start. No, that's a really good point. Well, two last quick points on Crawford. Dodger fans hate him. The way we hate Justin Turner, they hate him in his look. Really? Oh, yeah. I know a lot of Dodger fans in Southern California like, the hair. It's the hair, man. I just can't stand the hair. I don't like the look. So that makes me feel good. That's number one. Second up, thing, right? I feel like this embodies who Brandon Crawford is. My neighbor comes over with a photo album book. He had gone on this big tour of all these stadiums about 10 years ago. He shows me a picture of Brandon Crawford and then tells me a story. He's playing for the Richmond Flying Squirrels. He walks up to him. He knew his story. The guy's tapped in on high school sports down the block, my neighbor. He goes, hey, Brandon, you're from Pleasanton. I'm, I'm from San Francisco. You know, can you sign my ball? And Brandon signs the ball and then turns to him and goes, hey, would you like me to get the rest of the team to sign the ball? And he goes, well, Sure. Yeah, no problem. And Brandon goes into the dugout and has the entire team sign the ball and the guy still got it in the basement. You know, fast forward seven, eight years later, he's on the field and he sees him and he tells him the story. And Brandon goes, I don't remember that, but hey, great to meet you. And you would you like me to get other people that, you know, sign the ball? And no, no, no. I just wanted to say thanks. Does that not speak to who he is? Yeah, that's what I mean. You know, like we, and, and, and now obviously, um, you know, people, especially on social media, Giants fans have come to know his, his wife and his kids. Great. You know what I mean? And they're just very, very present at the ballpark. Absolutely. And we have no reason to believe that he'll ever put on another uniform or ever leave this town. Like he's going to be, you know what I mean? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know what if Brandon's personality is big enough for this. Uh, but but this is a lifer, man. This 100%. is somebody who should have some sort of a gig with the Giants for the rest of his life. And, the, and he and his wife and kids should be around the ballpark for, for the rest of his professional life. I hold Steve Young as one of the great ambassadors for his team in all of sports. He puts on for the Niners unlike anyone else. Doesn't it feel like Brandon was made for that role at some point, whether it's whether it's front office, on the field, as an ambassador, as just a symbol of Giants baseball, he's going to be that dude someday. I love everything about him. He's got one of the coolest stories of all time.
I mean, you grew up a no Giants doubt. fan, played shortstop, and helped win two freaking banners, and was arguably the team MVP in two or three seasons while you played here, and hung a decade up, and is probably going to get number thirty-five retired. It's it's a remarkable story, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, speaking of homegrown. More to say on this particular dynamic with the Giants, which we'll do in just a second, but a friendly reminder that you're listening. Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys uh, with Joe Shasky. I'm Mark Willard. Make sure you rate, review, subscribe. Do not miss an episode. Okay, so we're all looking for uh, those homegrown Giants players to come on up. Joey Bart gets sent back down. Elliot Ramos looks like someone who might, uh, you know, uh, be doing push-ups. Uh, all year long, up, down, up, down, up, down. We'll see. Um, but he has also struggled. He's struggled up. He's struggled down. So that doesn't necessarily bode well. But it's interesting. You know, you you had a point uh, that I think relates to this really well based on what you saw from the Royals when they were in town this week and Bobby Witt Jr. Yeah, so I'm looking at Bobby Witt Jr. And, I mean, he's second overall draft pick in 2019 uh for the Kansas City Royals and you know they win a World Series whatever close to a decade ago and they've they've been really bad and crummy kind of since he's supposed to be the savior and he's a great player he's a great player individually we've shown a lot of promise and I watch him come up and I'm like look he's awesome it takes so much more than just Bobby Witt Jr. to change the fabric of an organization you referenced it in the first segment It's not just Buster Posey. It's Timmy and Kane and Bum and Pablo and Buster and this guy and that guy. And I look at like Toronto, for example, right now. It's not just Vladdy Jr. It's Bo Bichette and Biggio and this guy and that guy. And they signed Springer. It's a collection of guys coming up at once. We saw the Houston Astros. It wasn't just the second baseman Altuve. It was a zillion guys kind of coming up at one time. So me thinking that Joey Bart's going to be some savior is total fool's gold he could be independently amazing he could be as good as mike trout and may not help them get to the playoffs it takes top to bottom roster construction so i know we like obsess about these stars mark but i'm looking and i'm saying yeah believe me i want bobby witt jr in my system but i need like three or four other dudes to come up at the same time well i mean i think you mentioned it right there trout's the best example he's come up and been the best player in baseball forever and and he's still waiting to play his first playoff game exactly so you know it's like what do you want do you want I hear people, in fact, with the Giants sometimes, they kind of look longingly at the Angels, you know, like, what a show. They've got <laughs> Trout, and they've got Shohei, and uh, great. Uh, I'll, I'll take October baseball <laughs> over, you know, over that. I really will. You know, give me give, you. me give me, the Giants no names and October games as opposed to Trout and Shohei. The other aspect of this, because I think, A, you're, you're, you're completely right. It's got to be kind of a, a, an organizational – push from the farm. And I think that's what the giants have been really focused on in the last three and a half years. But the other side to it is, yeah, I think it's really helpful to not necessarily focus on individual guys before they even get there Mm -hmm. because a, this puts on undue pressure on the player and, and B it just sets us up for disappointment. I don't know how many examples we need Joey Bart is the one we're using right now. Maybe mm-hmm. Elliot Ramos and their story's not over yet. No. Any stretch. But did you see, there was a tweet that got sent out by the Orioles a couple of weeks ago when Rauschman's finally coming up and they have a picture superimposed of, of the Orioles stadium. 
and and Rushman's head in the sky <laughs> was the size of God staring over the stadium, and and the the tagline was something like "He's arrived." No pressure, kid. You're God, but no pressure. Come save our awful organization with your four at bats a night. It doesn't. It doesn't work that way. And and so when we focus on people before they've even gotten there, what's 100%. Torkelson hitting with the Tigers? A buck seventy? Yeah, I had to drop him from fantasy weeks ago. I mean, but you're referencing these guys. No, you're 100 percent right. Like, okay, the kid for the Orioles, they're 27 and 37. They're dead last in the East. Now it's a great story individually. They need more than just him to compete. Torkelson, oh, the Tigers are 24 and 38. Bobby Wood Jr., they're 21 and 41. The kid up in up in Seattle, who I think is going to be a stud, Rodriguez. Yes, I, I think they're 28 and 36 or 28 yeah. and 35. The point that I'm going at, you look at the teams that are really, really, really good. It was a collection of guys coming up at one time. And then, yeah, are they supplementing via trades and free agency? Absolutely. The current champions, Ozzy Albies, Riley, uh, Acuna, they all came up together. You know what I mean? And so that's where I'm like, it's bigger than just Joey Bart saving this organization. Joey Bart might end up being a 250 hitter. He might end up being a 300 hitter. But to think he's going to carry and save everything is just so false. Well, he also might be a bust. I mean, we I mean, who true. knows? That you know too. what I mean? Who knows? Absolutely. Like, I mean, even go back to Posey and Lincecum and Mad Bum and Kane. And I'm not going to say if you were a big-time Giants fan that you didn't know about those guys. But I just feel like hype was different. Hype gets bigger every year. We didn't necessarily focus. I know I didn't. As a Giants fan in 2010, I wasn't like, where's Buster? Where's Buster? Is he here yet? Where's Buster? We had Molina. We had Benji Molina. We've done that to Joey Bart now for the better part of three years. I know. Where's Joey? Where's Joey? When's he ready? Come on, let's go. Chop, chop. And, And so... There may be players who come up in the organization and start doing really good things, and they may be the guys that you've never heard of. I mean, David B.R. is down there doing really good things. Will Wilson just got called up to AAA, where he was hitting a really solid average at AA, which is a very difficult hitter's league. Yeah. Will Wilson, for those of you who don't know, that's the guy they sort of, uh, you know, they financially bought off the Angels. He was a throw-in in uh, in a trade and and so really shrewd move by Farhan and I, I know a lot of people who have you know been scouring uh, the minor leagues and and they really like Will they really and he may come up and there's not been any talk about no. Will Wilson um, so th- I, I just know that now that they're a top ten farm system it is going to bear fruit but stop telling everybody you know the names of the fruit it you know it, i mean luciano i mean that maybe is a little different but he just got hurt he's gonna miss a few weeks like i i just think um it's coming i just well, don't know what his name is yet well and and meanwhile while you're waiting to get a reservation at that michelin restaurant right there are excellent meals to be had on the big league team right now but you're not paying attention tyro estrada has been an unbelievable find to me he's my willie mack award winner thus far now it's way too early but he's been a great find he's played in almost every game this year he's solid defense he's stealing more bags than anybody he's putting the ball in play i like watching him luis gonzalez the oh. rookie of the year candidate. Like, so while you're all like obsessing about the farm, and what the, there are two guys right now 
if you just paid attention, who are really contributing, who I couldn't even have accounted for six months ago. By the way, this is an interesting thing that I think we're also going to have to reckon with. Homegrown players that we're waiting for, <laughs> yeah. like technically Mike Yastrzemski and Luis Gonzalez and yeah. Tyro Estrada, they're not homegrown players. So what? Like they? No, well, yes, yeah, so what? But I mean, it's almost like I, I, there's room for adoption. Let's yes. put it that way. Yes. Because they were acquired before yes. they were big leaguers, number one. Mm-hmm. And number two, this is the way Farhan does it. Yeah. So if we're going to eliminate people from that uh, in that sort of a way, then we're probably doing ourselves a, a disservice. But you're right. Like Luis Gonzalez is over here playing and it just sort of feels like, oh, you know, Biden time to Lamont Wade gets like anybody coming up from the minors. You're not going to play better than that guy. No, like, you're, you're not going to play better than what you've already got. Think about the week he's had. He's running the bases, making plays happen, scoring runs, throwing guys out at home play with one of the fastest balls thrown from the outfield in like 10 years. I mean, he's having a monster week. The defensive metrics don't back Tyro Estrada. My eyeballs tell me this little dude makes plays. Like, I know. I know that, like, the defensive metrics say he doesn't. When I watch, all I see is guy going left, guy going right, making plays. So I just – I don't know, man. I think – I think we need to recalibrate as Giants fans and just take a little pressure off some of these guys we've been waiting for and enjoy the randoms who do come up because those might be the eggs that hatch. They may be. They may be those guys for sure. Um, yeah, nobody's uh, nobody's going to play better than that. Um, all right, we got some pitching stuff that we absolutely mm. need to get to, uh, and it involves Gabe Kapler. <sighs> so before we dive into that, again, it's Garlic Fries and Baseball Guys, Joe Shasky. Mark Willard, very glad you're with us. Two episodes a week. Make sure you are subscribed so that you don't miss a minute. So first thing I want to say, this Jacob Junis injury is a problem. Yes. Um, this is a problem. And I, I feel like uh, the Giants have done such a good job of handling things in the face of injury over the last year and a half that something like this happens and a lot of fans just flick it off. Um, and also because Jacob Junis was not supposed to be uh, a linchpin of the rotation, but he has been um, Logan Webb looks like himself and, and Rodon's last start against the Dodgers makes you feel great about where they are. But this guy at worst was their third starter and maybe was their most consistent piece. Um, it's going to be a number of weeks before Jacob Junis is back. We're already watching a lot of bullpen games because Matthew Boyd is not quite ready and might've had, a setback recently. De Sclafani is not quite ready. And I know what fans are thinking. They're like, I don't know if we're ever going to be ready for De Sclafani to be the one that comes in and fills the hole. The Giants are in a tough spot where Sam Long's going to have to be really good. They're going to have to get opener games and all of that with Junis out. Uh, this is a tough kind of dog day of summer uh, injury for Jacob Junis and the Giants. And, and, and I'm watching this closely to see how they handle the rotation in his absence, because I think it's going to be a real challenge. So clearly everybody's going to be asking more from Webb and Rodon. I feel like they've been really good the last few outings. Here's the guy that's been sneaky better than we're giving him credit for, Alex Wood. Since going only three innings against the Padres, he's gone five and two-thirds, five and a third, seven full, six full. Now, he's given up a couple runs here and there. He's pitched well enough to hand the ball to the bullpen to get a victory. Sometimes you're going to get hits and you're going to get run support. Sometimes you're not. 
He has been so much better, and I think he's the key right now, especially because if it's Sammy Long and a bunch of patchwork, who knows with the Alex Cobb, I have no idea what's going on with the injury. To me, if Alex Wood can continue, just be consistent. Get the ball through the fifth inning, hand it to one of the bullpen guys in in like a two or three run game, and I'm good with that. Like he cannot go three, and that really worried me early on. He's kind of righted the ship, and no one's giving yes. him credit. No, it's a great point because we brought it up, and I think I even sent a tweet a few weeks ago. I'm like, Alex Wood in the fifth inning, don't get along. Exactly. That's a rivalry. Exactly. That's rivalry in sports is Alex Wood in the fifth inning, man. Exactly. But, but now you just mentioned it. That's about three or four starts in a row where he's thumbed his nose at the fifth inning and said, I got you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, even finishing seven the other night, really, really good. They're going to need that. They got to have something Absolutely. that stabilizes the, the middle portion of the rotation with Cobb and now Junis missing mm-hmm. time. So that's really a big deal. The other thing that we want to get to with regard to starting pitchers, and this has been something that's dogged Gabe Kapler his entire career, and sometimes it makes me laugh. Let's go back to Bruce Bochy. Oh, he always knew when to push the right button and what move to make. Well, yeah, if the next guy gets the out, like yeah. we put this on the manager, and yes, there's a piece of that, but he even said, uh, uh, there were a few couple months ago, he came on our show in 95-7 the game, and he sort of bristled at the idea of, Bruce Bochy's intuition, Bochy's gut. You know, he's kind of like, lay off my gut. He, you know, he, he's like, to, to think that I just was out there going willy-nilly with no data, no analytics, no intelligence. He's like, it's ridiculous. Of course I was. Same with Gabe Kapler. So here's the dynamic that plays, and I want to know what you think. Mm. So he takes Logan Webb out in one start. Logan, who runs hot, was all ticked off. And it was way too obvious to hide. Mm-hmm. The next time out, he sticks with Logan. Luis Gonzalez gets an outfield assist at home plate that bails Logan Webb out of the seventh inning. Mm-hmm. And then after the game, it's sunshine and rainbows because, oh, Gabe Kapler stuck with his guy and it worked. So now all of a sudden we're asking the question, oh, has Gabe made an improvement in terms of knowing when to take people out? Is this even a fair question at this point? This is such a great, I mean, this is old school baseball managerial 101. Second day, you know, let's, let's criticize him. I actually think upon thinking about it long and hard, I, I liked him sticking with Logan Webb right there. This is your dude. Your other pitchers are really hurt right now and banged up two of your guys, right? You kind of need to squeeze the lemon for every drop because you know you're going to be taxing your bullpen on the other end. So this is where, like, the raw data and the box score doesn't paint the full picture here. The other part of this is sometimes you're going to get bailed out. You might make the wrong decision, and sometimes a defender comes out and makes a play or a base runner makes a a terrible mistake. I like that he stuck with him there. To me, I didn't want him to take out Logan Webb in that situation. And right when the ball gets dropped in for a hit, you know what the armchair quarterback's thinking. Should have yanked him. Should have yanked him. But then Luis Gonzalez comes through. I do feel like as fans, we play the results over the process way too much. Yeah, uh, yeah. way too much we have the results in our hand thus the decision was either right or wrong predetermined when in reality it could have gone in either direction and Gabe has never been a guy to run away from facing that question after the game I remember mm-hmm. a game in Colorado earlier this year um and and you know check my math but I feel like the Giants were up maybe 10 to 2 
And then next thing you know, they had a close game in the late innings. It was 10 to seven and they ended up holding on and winning, but he came out after the game and he said, let's just be real. I stayed with Alex Cobb too long in that game. Um, And I remember in the game, I'm thinking, boy, I can't believe he's sticking with him for this next hitter. Next hitter pops a three run homer in the left field. And and Gabe said, yeah, I, I, I stuck with him too long. So you keep saying, um, I love that he stuck with him. And I think that's just human beings. We're fans. We love Logan Webb. Stick with Logan Webb. Yeah. We always want you to stick with the guy. But it's not always no. the right thing to do. Now, it worked out here. I just think sometimes – I think Gabe Kapler has a reputation that started in Philly and opportunistic fans are going to jump on a narrative that's not real. You're yeah. going to have a handful at the end of every season where you're like, ah, probably could have taken them out and out earlier. Of and course. a bunch where you're going to say, you know what, should have gone the other way around, should have stuck with him when the bullpen coughs something up. But the tail of the tape is the same point I keep going back to. If you look at a team that keeps winning significantly more games than it loses, then – very, very good decisions with the pitching staff are being made. And I think that Gabe Kapler is no different. Yeah, he's pulling the right levers. Here's the thing that I've learned, not just from you, but like Dave Fleming has talked about this. He will tell the broadcasters before the game quietly, hey, for example, you know, Garcia, you know, he went two innings yesterday. He can't, I can't even really use him, but I'm not going to tell the public that, but I'm going to tell you the broadcaster that. And then Alvarez can't use him either because, you know, maybe we overworked him. You know, Obrebia can't use him today because he's kind of got a tweak here. I never know who's truly available in this modern day. It used to be, oh, everybody should be available. You're in uniform, you should be available. And I think part of what makes him great, Dave was telling us, is that, hey, he'll let us know so that when he goes to that guy, once it's already happened, I can notify the audience as I'm watching on my couch like why did he go to Brebia well Garcia is not really feeling too hot today and he had to go to him because he had limited options here's the one thing I would say before you jump in McGee being back and being pretty good is a bolster to this bullpen they needed that bad it's huge it's huge absolutely um and I love the story you're telling about Gabe pulling you know, a phlegm or, or, or Krug and Kuyper, whoever, pull him aside and say, here's what's going on in the bullpen. The other thing that I know he does is he pulls the players aside yeah. and says the exact same thing. Here's what I'm thinking. And and, and you may not agree, but yeah. Gabe's got to have the courage and the clout in that clubhouse to make those decisions. And, and, and we lose our minds because Logan's frustrated mm-hmm. when he's walking off the field. Draymond Green can scream <laughs> in Steve Kerr's face, throw a tantrum on the court and we're kind of like, okay, yeah, yeah. it's Draymond. That's the fourth yeah. quarter, whatever. Logan Webb walks off the mound one time with his shoulders kind of tight. And we're like, Oh my gosh, Gabe Kapler's yeah. lost the clubhouse. No, he hasn't. And Logan spoke to it the very next time we work in sports media. We literally look for ways to debate with each other. And then when two people disagree for one second in a 162 game baseball season, we're like, Oh my gosh. Oh my it is no big deal. Exactly. It's not, no pit. They don't ever want to come out. Did you want to come out? No. I don't want to come out. So, of course, you don't want to come out. It doesn't make it the wrong decision. No, and I'm a believer. This is just me at my core. 
creative tension isn't the worst thing. It, it really isn't. Differing opinions or how you feel or whatever. And how many times have I been told by my wife or somebody who I love oh. and they tell me something and I'm not ready to hear it in the moment. Yeah. I take a shower. Maybe I take a nap and then I let it soak in and I come back around and I go, you know what? You, you were right and I was wrong. Or maybe I still feel the same way. But like, I think too many times, the heat of the moment, this happened and that's how it's going to be forever. And these guys are going to be separated. Sometimes guys just spout off, they get it off their chest and then they move on, like getting yeah. yanked in a game. Not everybody's Armando Benitez and Felipe Alou to where it's irreparable, the relationship. Well, and that machismo, if you really think about it, is just kind of, it's gone from sport in yeah. many, many ways. True. And, and it should be. But if you've been watching sports for a long time, it's like hard for you to let it go. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's hard for, oh my gosh, LeBron James passed in a big moment. Oh, it's weakness. Yep. He's not MJ. Yep. He's not Kobe. I can't believe that you passed. You're not allowed to do that. Wait a minute. The starting pitcher didn't demand that he was going to finish nine innings and then rub hair on his chest and pitch again tomorrow. Like, stop. This is, you know, that's not that's not the way it is anymore because it's not the way it's supposed to be. No, it really isn't. And, you know, I, I know everybody's looking to, like, poke holes, not just in, in Gabe Kapler, but just Farhan, the Giants right now. Think about this, Giants fans. Just think about this long and hard. You faced the Kansas City Royals the last time you went to a World Series, all right? They ended up winning it the very next year. They're closer to a World Series in terms of years separated than you are. Who's closer to a World Series today, oh, you or them, right? So as down and trodden and as horrible as these decisions are and the platooning and the lack of this, that, and the other, they're closer to a title than the Kansas City Royals. Now, that's not – I'm not throwing a parade. I'm just saying sometimes we need to take a step back and look at the other side of the coin. More than half of Major League Baseball is not competing. And ever since the San Francisco Giants mm -hmm. opened that ballpark – they have always been competing, exactly. and every fan should salute that. I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. Stop being triggered to want to be triggered. Just enjoy the gosh darn games for crying out loud. I mean, garlic that's fries and base Garlic fries uh. and baseball, guys, two episodes a week. We'll be with you after the Giants and Pirates this week. Yes, yes. Joe Shasky, Mark Willard, that's this one.